I really like to um, say say the things as they are, and I really like to um, say the truth. And um, I I I feel that I need to to tell the truth most of the times, mm. not every time, maybe. <laughs> maybe with a little bit of tact here and there. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So yeah, that's that's what I do. Welcome to the last on the breaks MotoGP podcast with myself, Matt Dunn, and alongside me, as ever, Fran Wilde. This is the place that you come for all the in-depth chats with members of the paddock from riders, team managers, and whoever else may like to actually join us for half an hour or so, week in, week out. We're here in the beautiful Le Mans circuit. It's just finished absolutely pouring, and our guest today did put in a huge effort to get here. Yes. He actually, in snaps. fact, almost drowned. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the I'm a little bit blind now with my sensitive eyes with a beautiful window and view of the paddock mm. behind our camera uh, but before it was pretty much like an amazonian rainstorm yeah uh, so very dark wasn't yeah, it? yeah lovely classic Blooming. northern france yeah. but we love it so yeah i'm i'm impressed with that corporate sheen on the intro we're going more and more pro Try but uh, so who have we got joining us then this week as you can tell from the title the thumbnail and everything else frankie morbidelli fresh off the back of that podium in jerez um gotta say like it's been a bit of a, it sounds like been a bit of a whirlwind week for him. It doesn't yeah, seem like much downtime for a podium finisher, right? Um, but like we said as well, I think before we started recording, this season's a little bit weird to get back into the rhythm mm. of like week on, week off compared to last year when it was like, okay, two weekends full gas and chill. Yeah. And two weekends full gas and chill. Well, three or weekends three, full yeah. gas, yeah. Okay. No, it's it's, it's yeah, interesting, isn't it? So I, I wonder whether, um, yeah, Franco definitely, um, it didn't indicate that he had too much relaxation going on. Uh, Frankie <laughs> but, does not know. say relax Way. after that podium in Jerez. The um, greatest <laughs> hashtag, the greatest yeah, championship was. winning hashtag of Shout all time. Shout out to Ian, Ian Wheeler, Wheeler for that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's Franco Morbidelli and some of the big topics then today we mm. thought he's always an interesting character uh, amazing stuff on track some great quotes off track but also great perspective really interesting guy the way he deals with like ups downs glory disaster disappointment and of course as well underdog versus Sort of being the favourite, being the, the favourite, not the overdog again. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you'll hear about that. <laughs> One later day I'll learn full English. It's been a, it's been a long week. Hasn't it? So yeah, <laughs> it has. It's fine. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting chat. Looking through that kind of stuff, a bit more of the psychology side. Nothing too in depth and therapy, but sort of. Do riders need to be selfish? How selfish do they need to be? If you can, yeah. How selfish do you need to be? And then, is it possible to separate yourself from? like the person you are on track once the lights have gone out and you've made it to the flag i think it's things that certainly interest me a lot because i love all aspects yeah. of racing but especially in this sport especially compared to other forms of motorsport the human being in the center of the action makes so much difference so that is something that really does interest me a lot yeah uh, and he's a good chat for that i think and as ever franco clear concise and very calm about yeah. it all. Uh, it's nice. Do, I, I think uh, also, like, you might want to, the listeners at home, give this one maybe two listens because I think if you read between the lines of current news stories and things like that, mm -hmm. the things that he doesn't say are quite interesting as well. 
Also very good. Yes. Corporate way to give a good, bit of a tip on that one. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, right then. Let's, uh, well, I would question say stick week. around for the end of, well, yeah, stick around for the end of the show uh, as well as also question of the week this week. What did we decide it was going to be on? How well do you perform under pressure? Under pressure. Yeah. Do, do you, you need... like that? Do you need that pressure to perform? Do you like performing under pressure? Or do you prefer being that underdog and feeling like you've got to really kind of bring the best out of yourself in that way? That was my favourite topic with, uh, with Frankie. Does it. he see himself as an underdog? dog does he prefer it stay tuned to find out at the end haven't actually had time to go through all the youtube comments from uh, from the alesh podcast uh, we've both had quite a busy week haven't we um but we will get around to them did see someone uh, asking they'd like to know a little bit more about us so maybe we'll get into that at another point which was very nice <laughs> and then you can tune in for the 55 minute outro to this episode <laughs> yeah we talk about our life no. story <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so Anyways. um enjoy the episode we haven't drowned Franco Morbidelli, even though he uh, he took a very long walk to get here. So thanks for joining us. Uh, as anyone who's watching this can see, it's absolutely been pouring outside. Yeah. Um, Franco, fresh off the back of another podium. Uh, how has your week been? Been all right? Been a bit busy? Yeah, my, my week has been very busy uh, with the trainings and with all the duties, but uh, definitely with a sweet taste because uh, every time you make podium, then the week after uh, it's quite nice. feels always yeah a bit different and has a, a better taste. Uh, I was actually going to ask about the better taste because I was <laughs> hoping you were going to use that as a it's segue. It's interesting you say that because we noticed something about since you've been getting podiums, you seem to enjoy actually making use of the prosecco and having a drink of it rather than just spraying like it. Like you and Jack, you know? like actually enjoy that part yeah. of it. It seems normally it's like, oh yeah, thank you, put it on the floor. But you guys are like, yep, yeah, earned this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so is that something that which had just come come around since you've been a MotoGP? Or did you do that in Moto Two as well? Uh, well, I was younger in Moto Two, and um, I. I, I did enjoy drinking, but uh, now I'm a little bit older and I can appreciate even more the Prosecco. So I don't like to waste it too much when, <laughs> uh, when I'm on the podium and I prefer to drink it me and uh, also together with my team after. Nice, eh? That's good. It's a nice big bottle as well. Yeah, it's a big bottle, <laughs> so there's, there's, enough, there's enough to spray some. Mm. And then, and then drink, drink after. The other thing, before we get into the deep emotional questions of the day, no, it's nothing too bad, uh, but you're English. So we interviewed Luca at the start of the year for Qatar, and it was obviously his first race. Yeah, I saw that. He said that he's following you a lot in his English and trying to improve it. Said Valentino's maybe the not the best teacher for that side of the <laughs> academy life, but where why do you speak such good English? Because you always have done, and it's been something you've had all throughout your time in the paddock. Where does it come from? Yeah, I think it's firstly because um, I'm used to foreign languages because uh, being my mother being Brazilian. So I learned a foreign language uh, quite soon in my life. Um, so I think that my brain uh, opened up on, on that side a little bit. And Once then, you start to speak one, it's like you almost understand how to speak a different language. Exactly. And it's like... Yeah. So after that, my mother... Uh, uh, sent me to an English school as well after oh, really? after ah, the regular cool. school. 
I used to go to yeah an, another uh, school. So you did double school. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. <Extra> yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yes. And uh, after that, when I was uh, when I was uh, a bit older, I enjoyed a lot watching MTV. We had in Italy, we had MTV. Oh yeah. Which is yeah, which was a uh, music. Um, we had the same in the UK channel, mm-hmm. but uh, where you had also um, programs like I don't know the 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 VMAs, you know. Yeah, um, and is it like is it subtitled then? Or it was not it was English. It was full okay. English with Italian subtitles. That so this way, seems yeah. to make a big difference. Yeah, like I'm, in Scandinavia, a lot of it is like subtitled or nothing, mm-hmm. and it helps so much when it's not dubbed. Yeah, exactly. Someone so, tweeted me well, after cool. we did the Oliveira podcast because you mentioned the same with him. They said it's the same in Portugal as well. They have a lot of like English programs with Portuguese yeah. subtitles. So, yeah. Okay. Well, English cool. seems to be the the, the language, no, yeah. in, the, in the world. So. Yeah it's quite useful and it's also nice to have the chance to speak it uh, as close to your original language as possible because in this way you can express yourself in in the best way i've got to say that on that note then the expressing yourself and noticed over since you got your first sort of podium in MotoGP and then the victories you've become you've almost come a lot more out of your shell and more confident with your english some of the phrases you come out what was it dynamite for breakfast in mizano i'm, you know, I'm to blame for that aren't uh, i was like yeah. what did you have for breakfast yeah and, and like, you're like dynamite and then what was it uh, you peppered <laughs> uh you sprinkled a bit of pepper on peco in uh, in the final <laughs> Red, like, love it. I, I feel but I just felt maybe before you perhaps weren't as confident in your own ability in English do you reckon no I've always been so confident in, yeah. in my English abilities yes I yeah maybe I I never been so confident uh, with myself generally but I've been quite confident with my English you, you feel like you're really settled in now in GP. And you're like expecting to be at the front. Obviously, you came from a different, a bit of a different route as well, like Stock 600, Moto 2, yeah. kind of a bit of a dark horse at the time. Now, do you feel like now, like, yeah, I belong here. I'm meant to be fighting for the podium. Like, this is where I've been aiming for. Yeah, definitely. Um, there is, there is, um, um, there is not too much trust in the riders that uh come from uh from the superbikes or come from uh different worlds um compared to the C- the usual uh the, the classic usual. like cv meta yeah. three meta two yeah exactly yeah. the usual path so i think that um righteously people are a bit skeptical about uh those riders because they don't have um they didn't that actually didn't race at the level that there is in Moto 3 that there is in in CV so it's uh, it's uh, quite understandable that there is not so much trust mm. but what I did in my career and what I tried to do and what I'm doing right now is try to uh, gain um, the the trust that I think I deserve and I just tried to do that uh, with hard work and uh, with results. I'd say from my perspective sitting here as a mere humble podcaster fan, I'd say you've got that trust. Do you not think you've got it then? 
yet? Um, I don't think I fully got it yet. Uh, but I'm working on that. <laughs> Can I ask and why is that? And it's going quite well as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but why, why is that? Why, why don't you think? Because I think that if I got the trust that I um, deserve, I'd be riding a factory bike right now. Got you. Okay, well, that was something else we were going <laughs> to talk I about. Can, uh, maybe I, saw, I might sound a bit, uh, I don't know... Uh, too loud I, or I don't know no, but no I think this is an understandable thing like, I mean why, why else would a rider thought. be here in the, in, why else would a rider be here if that's who they want, not what they wanted right? yeah. that's perfectly acceptable to say exactly but yeah okay well that's pretty interesting that's something else we we're going to ask you about you seem to be like more outspoken and these things often get blown out of proportion a little bit in the media like a quote where you're like yeah I think I should have a factory bike said fairly calmly will be like clickbait headline yeah, and then yeah. you're like okay yeah no i did not say that i am extremely unhappy with everything i do have <laughs> but yeah. do you think like you feel a little bit more relaxed now in yourself to say those kind of things knowing the trust you have in yourself the results you've shown yes yes i am i really like to um say say the things as they are and i really like to um say the truth and um, I, I, I feel that I need to, to tell the truth most of the times, not every time, maybe. <laughs> maybe with a little bit of tact here and there. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's what I do. How do you walk that line in this sort of very corporate world we have here in, in MotoGP? Sometimes the things that you say maybe some one of the bosses in a team or the manufacturer goes like whoa I, I don't, how do you how do you walk that balance of saying how you really feel in the media getting your message across without upsetting the wrong people yeah i try to bring respect to um to every one and every everyone i work with i try to uh give the respect that um they deserve and uh, when I, when I say um, a negative thing or when I say I think that uh, um, the people that I work with might not like, um, I try to say it in the best way possible. And I try to also, because I feel it, I try just to, sh to bring it up not complaining about it yeah. I just try like, to constructively yes exactly like, I just yeah, try exactly. to bring up the, the the thing or the problem uh, without um, yakking too much about it <laughs> that's cool the other thing you seem to have is really good perspective like when people you. ask you things and they're like they're obviously trying to get you to say a certain quote and just kind of the way it is here sometimes like we said with like corporate versus clickbait there's so many different interests but you seem to when the lights go out you are brutal overtaker amazing racer franco morbidelli trying to get to the flag first once you've got to the flag you then seem to be franco morbidelli normal person who's not really interested in a lot of the different kind of circus elements do you think it's a bit of a myth that racers have to be like this type of person all the time. Do you think it's possible when you line up on the grid, you flip that switch, you do the race, and then when you're off the bike again, it's not the same? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, uh, 
Um, I find um, I find what we do uh, very unique, and uh, what we do requires a really also unique state of mind and i cannot maintain that state of mind 24 7. Yeah. <laughs> can, can anyone it's like walking go, around uh, the supermarket like i don't know maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah okay so yeah i try to have that state of mind when i'm in the pit box uh okay. for it start. does always interest me because you see quite a few journalists sometimes talking about like racers have to be selfish people but i think it's but I think it's a different a little balance too, you know? Because like, if you're asking someone else to compromise, it's like in any kind of situation, you can only do what you do here on these days, at these times with these people. Like you don't have a choice if you, you do it or you don't do it. Whereas other people may have that flexibility. Do you think it is selfishness or do you think it's the compromise naturally that comes with being so driven to achieve something? No, I didn't get you. You, did. you need to come again. <laughs> do you think it is like selfishness as a person that helps kind of you get where you are? Or do you think it's a natural compromise sometimes with people around you where they're not having to get to Le Mans on Thursday to sit down and talk to us and do this and do that? Well, um, you say you think you're a little bit selfish. Yeah, Self selfishness. Um, I think you need to have a little bit of selfishness if you're doing an individual sport. Um, I think you have to have that um, not so uh, um, noble. Uh, characteristic <laughs> um, but it's what it it is what uh, uh, brings you ahead uh, okay, especially on track especially on track then then outside from the track you can you can um, be a little bit less because it, it always does interest me sorry I That's keep right. asking questions people like I have two big examples I can think of in like more recent motorsport, not MotoGP, like the Ayrton Senna, Michael Schumacher. On track, it's like absolutely pure evil brilliance. Mm -hmm. And then there's so much charity work and other stuff away from the track. Yeah. Do you think it's more just like a career part of you that has to be? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that you, you, you have to be like this uh, when you're here then um, outside from here you can be however you want and however <laughs> you are uh, of course um, being unselfish is much better than being selfish so sometimes much harder too yeah <laughs> i was listening to a, a podcast on the way on the way down here actually long drive from paris we all know it and um it was it was actually with a, a rapper called Professor Green. I don't know if you heard of him before, but he was talking. <laughs> it's like he's the quite least in the international rapper anyways, in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was saying how actually, in his opinion, um, selfishness sometimes isn't a bad thing. It's necessary in order to be the best you can be to other to the other people around you as well. So, do you, is selfishness a bad thing in your mind, or is it always a, a good thing? It can it be a good thing in some ways? 
I see it as a bad thing because well I see it as a bad thing because um, all my friends and uh, my girlfriend um, complain about that in <laughs> really during my life yeah during my usual life so what, what do you do that's selfish then in your own in your own life I guess just come here and sit with us instead yeah, yeah. of them right <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I I I don't know why but uh, no I can I cannot think about an example um small things as as always small things mm -hmm. but can they kind of tell that you're used to having someone being like here's your stuff franco exactly. here's your food franco small things that uh uh show to my friends my selfishness yeah, yeah. <laughs> and okay. they tell me that i'm selfish so I, I try to work on that and I see it as a bad thing. No, I get you. I understand. That's it. That's cool. But I, I really find that interesting that you're quite it, like you see, you see yourself can be quite selfish. But as Fran mentioned earlier about perspective, you've got a lot of thoughts on um, I, I, there's a lot of the comments that come from the press conferences with your perspective on winning or perhaps not winning a race. You think, oh, well, other people have things worse than me. I'm still enjoying my life. This is still good. How do you practice that side of it then? How do you practice that perspective if before coming to the race, like coming into the weekend? It's okay if things don't quite go to plan. This year is very easy to have this uh, perspective because um, um, my, my technical situation gives me a little bit of an excuse on this matter so <laughs> so you just automatically feel a little bit less pressure yes yes so i guess, I guess we kind of feel that from the outside as well like while well, you put that on the podium yeah it's not the newest bike on the grid it's do you feel like that's quite freeing then in some ways so after after an initial uh period of frustration um i have to say that uh, after that that feeling is gone um a big big uh pressure belief uh has come okay so yes i i i do feel that um i need to do um what i can and um i need to try to improve and i need to try to put the bike uh on the top um but i also know that putting the bike on the top is um, a really difficult, difficult task, uh, more difficult uh, than uh, than usual. Um, so I don't have too much pressure mm -hmm. to put uh, the bike on top. I feel that it sounds like you enjoy putting yourself in the position of being an underdog. You know, you know what I, you know what I mean by that. Well, I'd, lo I'd love, best. I'd love to be the favorite. I'd love yeah? to be the favorite. Yeah, I mean, um, I was I'm trying to think what the opposite of underdog was, and I got to favorite. overdog, yeah, yeah. and I was like, no, <laughs> the favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's the best position actually. Um, being the favorite means that you have everything at your disposal, hmm. um, and you have to perform. Uh, at the top and you have to win um i've been in that position in moto 2 and i felt great yeah and i did win so um <laughs> i was gonna say it went quite well for you yes, you yes. didn't really fall apart under the pressure <laughs> yeah and i remember it, fe it felt good 
uh, I felt that uh, that extra uh, spark inside me. You uh, feel the extra spark being the favorite, yeah. rather than the underdog. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's called pressure. It's called um, yeah. It is pressure. It is uh, nerves. Um, but I think that some people can um, just by nature can. Uh, I wouldn't say handle the pressure. This kind of pressure. I just I I would say that some people can uh, deal uh, with this pressure hmm. and can deal. I guess feeling. that's kind of logical. If you can genuinely deal with all of that pressure, you also by default have the best equipment and the best everything else. So if the pressure doesn't bother you, it's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's... Hey, I tell you what, we've got a five quick fire questions to ask you before we let you go. But one thing I did want to ask, just because we couldn't have a half hour sit down with you and not discuss this aspect of it. <laughs> Your teammates over there, um, but um, no. Wanted to ask you about um, your. The, you spoke a bit in the media last year about uh, the global situations, COVID, equality, and this and that. Um, so I wanted to just ask you, how has your perspective on your role as an athlete in society developed over the last year, given what everything's happened in the world recently? Quite a big question. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. Just to finish off, if yeah, you could yeah, just yeah. write us a book. <laughs> I mean, I think that as a writer, we, as writers, we, for sure, we set, we set exam an example. We are we are under the spotlight of of the world for sure, and um, we should um, set um, the right example, and we should send the right message. Uh, it's important to understand what is the right example and what is the right message. Uh, but uh, I think that what what um, should uh, what um, people that are under uh, the the world's eyes uh, should do. Nice. Okay, that's cool. Bueno, I think we're on to the quick fire then. Yeah. Short and sweet. But the same quick fire questions that everybody gets asked. So Luke has, been, Luke has been asked this and everybody else as well. So we like to compare the answers. The only one is one of them. Everyone keeps giving the same answer and it's kind of really annoying. So I'm hoping you're going to be different. Um, <laughs> we thought we'd come up with a great little set of five questions yeah. to get some really varied answers and then no. Yeah, no. But let's see. <laughs> we'll We're going to persevere. Um, so I'll start it. First question is, where is your favorite place in the world? Uh, where is my favorite place in the world? Um, I think I think that is uh, on the beach. A particular okay. beach? On the beach, not a particular beach. No. What's the I, best beach you visited then, rather than your favorite? Um, Maldives. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Good I would answer. love to go. Never cool. been. Okay. Right. So next one. Who's your first celebrity crush? Um. Uh. A, that's a nice question. Uh, <laughs> who was? Uh, um. Sorsha Ronan. Okay. Sorsha Ronan. I don't know who that is. Actress. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll get oh, Google images out later on. Um, <laughs> uh, what is your favorite dessert? 
Um, chocolate and vanilla ice cream. Beautiful classic. Yeah. Good no answer. complaints. Good yeah. answer. Uh, do you have any phobias or fears? Well, n- not any particular uh, no phobia or. I'm just going to put it down to people in people in Grand Prix racing don't have phobias. Yeah. No one said any yet. Like, no. No. Yeah, any superstitions? Is there any ritual that you kind of do before you get on the bike? Um, or is those still habits rather I'm, than... I'm trying to lose them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd call them habits, not, okay. not rituals. Okay. Uh, last one. You can have dinner with three people, dead or alive. Who are they? Um, you don't have to say why. Giulio Cesare. Okay. Uh, Caesar, nope. you know him? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Julius okay. Caesar. Yeah. Julius Caesar, yeah. Uh, okay, that's the best answer so far, I think. Yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> interesting, actually. Um, maybe Charlie Chaplin. This is quite okay. a dinner party. Uh, yeah, and um, I'd go with a party animal, so... Um, maybe <laughs> Slash? Or... Oh, wow, what amazing. a combo. It'd be a nice party. <laughs> that, that, that really would. Julius Caesar, Charlie Chaplin and Slash. <laughs> Super group. Awesome. Amazing. Well, yeah, perfect. What a great way to finish. Thank you so much for your time. Thank really you. appreciate yes. it. Thank you. Um, Have a good, good luck weekend. This weekend. Yeah. Thank you. I'll try. So, how we first got interested in racing. Mine would be back to 1996. <laughs> I um, wonder where on earth you were going. That is a topic for another time. <laughs> anyway, we hope you very much enjoyed that chat with Franco. I know we certainly did. Question of the week then. Well, as we mentioned at the start, how do you deal under pressure best? Do you need everything in place in order to perform at your best? Or are you better as an underdog? I like a combo, oh, we're actually to be honest. Of course we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, personally, I really like it when it's like almost a time challenge. Mm. The days, especially now with, I've been doing most of the podium announcing where we've had closed doors events. Sundays are now bullet pointed by moments where if you're not there, yeah. the ceiling will it's fall. Done. And it's that kind of pressure of having points where you have to be at a certain place at a certain time, having to fit things in before and after. I really enjoy the challenge of trying to tick all that off. And I really enjoy when you just have to do the thing right yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Not I'm, sure I'm actually, about my blood pressure. But... I'm unfortunately the same. <laughs> I think I mentioned it a couple of times on this podcast previously. But um, yeah, unfo- I unfortunately work best when time is of the essence. Um, <laughs> yep. it's a, it's, Which I really at university, like of course, causes the day before essay. Yeah. But in but this world, everything works quickly. <laughs> so someone at university managed to pull that off very well. I didn't learn that I was good at this until I started a job <laughs> at university. It worked terribly. Uh, but hey, let us know what you guys think. How do you guys perform best? YouTube comments, put them in there. That would be fantastic. Yeah, and I think <laughs> we do. Someone's invaded. Um, but yeah, so I think that's everything from this week at Sunny now for a little while. Le Mans. Uh, join us again when uh, I think we'll be back well, again. At we have Magello. someone in, in the uh, yeah in Magello. We have an idea already who we want to speak to. It's someone we didn't think about previously, but he's been very relevant lately. I remember the fact awesome that we chat. never talked about this person. Who was it? Ah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So stay tuned. Yes. Uh, And please do come back then. Thanks very much. Ciao for now.